Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C, dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And on a Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Love! Love is our general manager. Is that what's in the air? That's what's in the air. Love! And possibly a little coronavirus. (laughs) Uh, Valentine's Day is on... Sunday. Since I was a child, I've been amused by people who put an M in Valentine's Day, so I occasionally do it myself. Uh, yes, Sunday is Valentine's Day. Um, we got a, a number of uh, items to talk about, surveys, etc., etc., around love and relationships and that sort of stuff that we'll get to later. Also, the um, impeachment gets into the defense stage today, and we'll tell you more about what's going to happen with that. But a crank that up, Michael. Come on now. Think finish. There you go. Um, Joe and his wife, Judy, are uh, making a little vacation by taking a day off and combining it with President's Day. Yes, absolutely. Oh, there's virtual Joe. We have <laughs> clips of Joe. AI Joe. <laughs> he and Judy are on a, uh, I believe, a bus tour. It's a, a tour of uh, a cheese tasting in southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois. And they're on a bus with a, b- a bunch of other people our age. Uh, tasting cheeses and sausages. I don't know that that's what they're doing, but he hasn't said anything about it, but I, that's just what I'm assuming. It seems like a reasonable assumption. Yes, absolutely. A bus cheese tour, um, which I sounds mean, the, delicious. The the value you can get on those things right now is just amazing. <laughs> you buy a whole wheel at one time. Oh, yeah. So much cheaper than yeah. buying the individual cheeses. Um, yeah, I, I still don't have a sense of how many people are paying attention to impeachment. Obviously, the media covers it a lot. Uh, for a combination of reasons, um, one, you got to cover something. Two, uh, anything Trump related gets the ratings back up again, and all the networks, and uh, I assume the readership of a lot of newspapers have just tanked since uh, the week after Biden took office. And I gotta believe that your CNNs, your MSNBCs, everybody, the the the, the click traffic through the Washington Post are kind of like. Oh, it's nice to have him back for a little bit. Oh, a few more articles in a, and panel segments kicking around Trump. Oh, it's good to have him back. Uh, getting viewership again and wondering what they're going to do when he's gone. But um, So that's part of the reason for the coverage. Uh, and then, you know, it, it's, it's only happened four times in our U.S. history. So it is a fairly big deal. It's just the result is so less of a big deal than it would have been another impeachment since the guy is already gone. But... The prosecution did a couple of days' worth, and now the defense, which was horrible with their opening statements on Tuesday, like beyond horrible, is going to kick off today, and hopefully they got better. Three of the Republican senators, who happen to be uh, three of the smartest conservative lawyers in the entire country, that'd be Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and who else went and talked to him? Oh, was it Graham? You know, Graham talked to him. I actually wasn't putting him. He's a smart lawyer, but uh, there's uh, a different guy. But anyway, those are like really good debaters, really smart constitutional lawyer types who I think want to go talk to that guy, Castor, and say, so you got uh, 
Got a bit of a sketch. Uh, what are you planning to talk about on Friday? Or are you going to kind of just wing it like you did on Tuesday? Or do you, you have a plan of some sort? Anyway, so we'll see if they're talking to them helped anything. The rumor is that they're going to be fairly short. They're, they're going to come out and basically uh, acknowledging the fact, not out loud, but acknowledging the fact that there's not 17 votes to convict. So I could, I could, I could talk for 16 hours or I could talk for one hour. And he's still going to uh, uh, be clear of these charges, so w- let's not waste our time. So it's going to be fairly short, but more on that later. And we'll talk to some smart people throughout the day. We'll talk to Lam Hee Chen a little bit later this morning, who's one of the smartest political minds out there, not just about impeachment, but a number of other things. And uh, Mike Lyons, in about an hour, I'm really looking forward to talking to Mike. We haven't talked to him in a while. He's um, an expert in all kinds of the world of military and defense. And I want to talk to him about, what are the threats around the world that the Biden administration is facing or should be paying attention to? And, of course, we'll have to focus on China, as China has done a couple of things, even in recent days, that are of note. I just heard maybe the worst thing I've heard about the coronavirus in quite a while. A guy, I think, in Britain had it for five months. It mutated three times while it was in his body. The covid mutated three times while it was in his body. So they were fighting it off with medicine, and it would mutate into something else, and they'd have to switch to another medicine. And it was able to stay in him and keep him sick and in the hospital for five months. Holy crap. Nobody wants that. Uh, There is some news out on the mutations, and I just came across something I'm going to have to read during one of the commercial breaks because I actually don't know the answer, answer to this. What's the difference between mutations, variants, and strains? I thought they were all the same thing. Maybe that's what it's going to say here when I uh, click on it. Ah, thanks for the click. They're the same. <laughs> Article over. Thanks for the click. It's the same as the difference between a mountain lion, a puma, and a cougar. <laughs> there is no difference. Uh, one has Chardonnay with it. Hilarious. Um, how did uh, uh, aging women who are looking for younger men to cuddle up next to become come to be called cougars? Do we on have any idea? On the prowl. On the prowl. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and when they saw somebody that maybe with a limper was easily uh, taken, and uh, they just pounce. Somebody that's kind of like behind the rest of the herd, yeah, on the outskirts of the herd, you pounce. <laughs> um, it's teamwork that makes the dream work, especially when love is your general manager, and that's why we're going to introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers, about to have his first Valentine's Day as a married man. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, like you said, I got to, uh, after the show, go dip myself pink and start <laughs> chopping up the roses, and I got to make a trail throughout the house that leads her to her candy and her teddy bear. And, and her now pink husband. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> A trail of rose petals that leads to candy and a teddy bear. Yeah, I'm really hoping that each year it gets less and less, but we'll we'll see you know, how it goes. But at least for this year, it's the first one, so we have to do it. I've actually had that rose petal thing done for me. I don't think I've ever done it for anybody, but um, and maybe I should. But uh, the, it's the funny thing about the rose petal thing <laughs> is uh, it is really cool, but afterwards it's just we got all this is a cleanup. A lot of rose petals to clean up. Can we use the vacuum for this? No, they kind of clog up the vacuum. Dang so it. Pretty much got to crawl on your hands and knees and pick up each individual one with your hands. But it's very romantic on the way to whatever it is you're going to do at the end of the rose petals. The pot of gold, if you will. Speaking yeah. of which, we saw we had a rainbow yesterday. There's a big storm that came through. Best rainbow I've ever seen in my life. The entire thing, both ends and the entire middle filled in. I've never awesome. seen a rainbow that good wow. in my whole life. 
had the kids go outside, took lots of pictures, everything like that. But briefly, we had a double rainbow. And my sons, because they've seen the video, double rainbow all the way. What does it mean? If you don't know that meme, then you weren't into YouTube 15 years ago. Ten years ago? That's one of the ones that stood the test of yeah, time, too. Yeah, it's one of the yeah. first giant memes, Double Rainbow. It's anyway. Kind of a viral touchstone. Yep. Good morning to Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, just a quick market rant. Uh, the the IPO game is so rigged against the retail investor. I believe that. Uh, just the, the whole, like, the, I, the initial price is not what the retail gets to have, but the first chance the retailer gets to buy it, it's already moved up. Like, uh, th- this sentence, I think, sums it up. Uh, the, this is not picking on Bumble, the IPO that I'm going to be addressing here. This happens across all of them. Bumble's stock finished the, se- the session up 63% at $70, off from the opening price of $76 in the afternoon. Mm. So if a retail investor bought it the moment he could buy it and got around in that $76 price range, you actually lost money on this IPO that was up 63% on the day. And uh, it's just my uh, fighting for the little man rant of the day. Which there's a there there's a fair amount of I was reading about this yesterday the uh, the SEC and investigations into both sides of this whole thing whether or not the Reddit crowd manipulated the market in a way that's unfair and whether or not the big guys are uh, manipulating the market in a way that like kind of like you were just talking about that's unfair to the regular investor and so at least at least the one thing that seems like it's going to come out of this whole GameStop thing is a fresh look at the modern world of investing they had a lot of the rules uh, still in place from. One, before there were so many regular people investing. And two, before the, the, the gazillion trade a second computer thing happened. They really high had frequency trading. Yeah, they really hadn't upped the game since then. And uh, what was that stat we had about how long the average stock is held? It was seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. which, you know, obviously if the average stock is held for seconds, that's not a game you can be in very easily. At least not the stocks they're trading. Um, by the way, just since we've got a second, what has been going on with GameStop for the last week or so? Is it, uh, it closed yesterday in the, in the 50 marks. It, it, it pushed back up towards a hundred or so. Um, so there's still some, some back and forth pushing going on of, of it. Uh, I believe it continues to be sh- sold short because it was a good idea by the fundamentals to sell sure. short at 20. The fundamentals of the company hasn't changed when, <laughs> even though it went up to 400 or whatever. Did, uh, did a handful of, uh, nobodies get rich off of it? Uh, absolutely. How much they actually cashed out when it was at the top and how much they were engaged in the staring contest. And but if you, it, when you, if you cashed out, you kind of, uh, screwed some of the other people that were playing the same game with you, didn't you? Kind of, as is kind of the, the, the way that these quote unquote pump and dump things go, even when they are, you know, being fought by the little guys, it's still the same playbook. Sure. Um, so yeah, if you didn't. Wait a second, you cashed out. I thought we were going to stay in this for another couple of days. You, you told me to hold diamond hands. What was it with all that? <laughs> um, so yeah, there, you know, uh, somebody was left holding the bag, but that, that person always exists in these sort yeah. of things anyways. Um, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll check back in on that later too. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Friday, February 12th. Love is our general manager, remember? On, <laughs> on this Friday, the year 2021, we're Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. I want the record to reflect that I did not call Senator Sanders an ignorant slut. All right. I recognize that voice. Senator Kennedy of Louisiana, who likes to get on television and radio by making colorful statements. And uh, if you're not old enough, Jane, you ignorant slut, was a hot 
catchphrase for Saturday Night Live back in the first season in 1976. One Dan Aykroyd talking to, what's her name, um, on the news. Gilda Radner? No, 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 Jane, Jane Curtis. Jane Curtin. Yeah, Curtin, that's what it is. I believe so. Uh, so uh, Sanders uh, with a little joke there for the over 50 crowd. <laughs> um, it seems like I had one more thing to say about love has been all of our general managers at various times in our life, has it not? <laughs> Causing us to do things and think things and uh, maybe wear things. Um Go places that we wouldn't normally do. I suppose that fits into my uh, my brand of never really getting along with upper management. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of things. But we got we got stats on that, too. Oh, lots of good <laughs> stuff on the way. I hope you can stay with us. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. play this song every Friday. How can we stop? Because it's so annoying? Oh, part of the reason. Yeah, I'd say so. Hey, partying, partying. My kids like this song. Uh, kids like this song. The only reason I asked Michael to play it mainly was, was uh, it's the 10-year anniversary of that song. Um, she was like 10 years old or something like that and kind of a nobody and put this song out and then uh, became a huge sensation and I don't know if she... Had any follow-up success or made any money off of it, but I know she's traveling around to state fairs and the Today Show and that sort of stuff and getting interviews and all that. Rebecca Black is her name. This song came out 10 years ago, and um, so if you're on the younger set, it, it it might seem like it was 10 years ago. Interesting thing when you get older, as has been well discussed, I'm not breaking any new ground here, is how time goes by. 10 years is all of high school, all of college, and my first two years in the workforce. In that 10 years, everything in my life changed so many times, so drastically, I was practically a different human being at the end of those 10 years. And so many stories you could have filled volume after volume of fascinating books about what went on in my life in that 10 years. 10 years now, I might be wearing the same shirt right now that I was wearing 10 years ago (laughs) the first time I heard that song. I drove the same road to work today in almost the same car. With the same job to the same place, working with the same people in that ten years. So that's you know that's the difference between getting older with your uh, the time passage of time and not. It's really interesting. <laughs> when uh, Michelangelo was queuing that up, I was out in the newsroom and the queue speaker they could hear it out in the newsroom. And the two uh, two of the the younger uh, women working in there, they, they quote, "Oh my gosh, that triggered my fight or flight response." <laughs> <laughs> It has got something. There's something yeah. something going on in that song. <laughs> um, but yeah, ten year anniversary of that. So we'll talk. We'll get into more details on this later. But the story's coming out of New York and Governor Cuomo and how he handled getting old people into old folks' homes and them dying of the COVID is turning into a much bigger scandal than we even thought it was. Didn't he already release a book about how well he did, though? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think he had his eyes set on running for the presidency at some point, and he was kind of a hero of the coronavirus lockdowns early on, uh, but it came out what just a week ago that the number of people that died in nursing homes was about 9,000, which was 50% higher than they had been reporting. 
And so the questions began, uh, why are the numbers way different than what you were reporting? Well, yesterday, on a call to other Democrats, and then some decent, patriotic Democrat on the call leaked this information out to the New York Post, thank God. Governor Cuomo's secretary said on the phone call and admitted that they had been covering up the numbers because of the political heat that was going to come their way if people found out what was going on. And I'll get into some of the quotes and the details a little bit later, but it is it is horrifying. They covered up how many old people were dying of the COVID in the old folks' homes merely to protect themselves politically. Even though getting that information out, well, one, it's just the right thing to do. It's just the decent human thing to do. It's it's your job to to give the public, you know, honest information. But it, it hid the uh, error of their decisions from other states um, and explained where a lot of the deaths came from. So our people were scrambling early on trying to figure out, why are so many old people dying from this? You know, what's going on there? Or is putting them in the old folks' home a good idea or not? They didn't have all the information that was available on how deadly it was. I mean, that is a horrible thing to do. Just unconscionable. And some of the quotes from this secretary from Governor Cuomo of why they hid this information, we'll get to the, into that later, but just awful. Man, if you take anything from our radio show, it's that the people in power look out for themselves almost always, regardless of party. And you just have to be so skeptical of these people. Just an awful decision. But more on that and not all of it doom and gloom, obviously, on a Friday, because love is our general manager. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Who's this music, Michael? Uh, Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van, the new Greta Van Fleet? Yep. Okay, cool. Oh, I haven't listened to their new album yet. I got to. I'll check that out today on the drive home. Oh, I'm not stopping until he says mama. <laughs> I'm sure he says mama at some point. Say mama! So weird. Uh, somebody, somebody brought up, it might have been you the other day, that how many um, uh, albums The Weeknd sold after his Super Bowl performance or songs or i don't even or know songs. what buying music yeah, means and, these days yeah and uh and all of us thought who's buying music you don't have a isn't it cheaper to have a streaming service and doesn't don't most people is it like music have a streaming service everybody i know has a streaming yeah service. isn't that just is it, or is it just lazy journalism shorthand for a lot of people streamed his stuff might and, be and we're just using buying for he made money off might of etc etc et um use better words Ten last-minute gifts you can still get for Valentine's Day. That's a good one to know. Two days to go. Oh, crap, I didn't get anything. So, that's we'll awesome. learn how to make an origami swan. I have got <laughs> uh, I've got a whole bunch of different little COVID tidbits, none of them very long, that I'll hit you with in a moment. And some of them are really good news, which I'm excited about. Um, also, uh, later this half hour... A report by Jennifer Griffin on Fox News yesterday about that water plant in Florida that somebody hacked into. Chinese, Russians, Iranians, North Koreans. I want to know more about that. No kidding. (laughs) No kidding. Talk about a story that needs more attention. It's that one. 
Uh, and you'll hear more about it coming up in a little bit. But we forgot to take a fond look back at the week that was without Joe here. I just completely forgot. It's a little something we do every Friday. It's called Cow Clips of the Week. I had wild dreams of wouldn't to be president. I thought I could be a flanker back. For the NFL's top team, the Delaware Dirt Devils. <laughs> it's like milk. Made for humans. Worse, Michael Cohen will appear in a Stormy Daniels movie. This is what the left is obsessed with. Not real progress, this nonsense. AstraZeneca before Pfizer, great appetizer. Pfizer before AstraZeneca, injected Aganica. The member's right, it is a global pandemic. It exists in the United States, which has significantly lower unemployment and added 50,000 jobs last month. And uh, I, the other day, when I was down here in Washington, I came down earlier in the week to try to f- figure out how to find my way around. I worked in this building 40 years ago. I got lost then, and I still do. George Washington didn't beat the Redcoats in a game of three-on-three. I mean, although he would have, due to a 6-2 in the 1700s. Back then, he was basically Shaq in a powdered wig. But I want to turn our mind to the Constitution, which was you know, written in 1787, ratified a year later, and it's been in operation since 1789. Do you think the framers ever thought that their words would be juxtaposed with live video? <laughs> They have bear spray in the crowd. Bear spray in the crowd. We've been pointed. We've lost the That's a serious one there at the end. The rambling in the middle was the lawyer representing Trump. We'll see if he does a better job today. Um, I'm not sure he has to. I'm not sure it would make any difference. Reading the tea leaves, I feel like the other guy is going to do most of the heavy lifting, the showing I would, lawyer. I would guess so. And if yeah. I were Trump, I would hope so. Um, also in there. Oh, that clip of Bill Maher. It's really interesting. Bill Maher, one of the, the, the leading lights of liberalism over my adult lifetime, um, with his various national platforms saying, we're spending all the time on this nonsense. And the nonsense he was particularly talking about was, you know, taking the name Jefferson off of schools and stuff like that. And when, and it is nonsense. Back to COVID briefly. Good news. COVID-19 live update from the New York Times. U.S. hospitalizations are at the lowest in nearly three months. That's, that's good. That's a great number to hear. And, of course, deaths usually go the direction of hospitalization, so that is really good to hear. We currently have 10.5% of the U.S. population that has been given at least one dose of the vaccine. 10.5%. Uh, still a lot less than uh, I think all of us thought would be by now. But do we have that uh, Anthony Fauci clip handy where he talks about when he thinks we're going to get our coronavirus Vaccine. We have those priority, 1A, 1B, 1C. If you look at the projection, I would imagine by the time we get to April, that will be what I would call, for you know, for better wording, open season. Namely, virtually everybody and anybody in any category could start to get vaccinated. Okay, won't get vaccinated, but could start to get vaccinated in April. So I don't know how long it will take. But will that just be a mad rush of all of us to uh, our local hospital or Walgreens or whatever? And uh, you know that'll be uh, interesting to see how that plays out. Um, President Biden said the U.S. had struck a deal yesterday to purchase 200 million more coronavirus vaccine doses. 
So that will help with the um, first shot and second shot as people get those all across the country. Now a little science new, uh, stuff I, looking forward. I heard reported, so that combined with the stuff that we already have is enough for American adults to get vaccinated um, in terms of our total supply now with that uh, adding that purchase to what we already have. Cool. Among people that are going to be willing to do it. Correct. And there's still about a third of Americans that say they, uh, they're not going to get the shot. I don't know if some people will change their mind, if they will come up with incitements enticements, not incitements, um, to try to get people to do that or what. Oh, by the way, I mentioned earlier, what's the difference between a variant, a strain, and a mutation? All strains are variants, but not all variants are strains. There you go. Take that to your... uh, It's like a bourbon and whiskey thing. I guess. I don't know. I still don't know what that means. doesn't matter. Um, One vaccine for all coronaviruses. Scientists are currently working on a shot that would protect against all COVID of any kind and a lot of the colds, because the common cold is a coronavirus. So scientists are working on that right now, so that would stop the next coronavirus a pandemic, any mutation that comes out of this coronavirus, and most common colds. How freaking awesome would that be? So if that's the solution, going right, the whole, this thing may be here to stay, if that means I get my, my yearly coronavirus shot that also knocks out the common cold. Oh, that would be fantastic. That'd be almost like, okay, we lived through hell, it was absolutely horrible, but on the other side, there's a bit of a prize, for those of us that are still alive. Um, No more common cold. Holy cow, that'd be awesome. Johnson & Johnson, they're the ones that have the one-dose vaccine. Yes. And we're wondering where that one is. Well, uh, Johnson & Johnson said they're ready to begin shipping the vaccines as soon as they're approved. Why is it not getting approved? Don't know. Give me a phone number. I will call up that person and yell at them. Uh, Approve it! But that needs to happen sooner rather than later. And also, I guess it's on the coronavirus to a certain extent. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., one of the most uh, written about, idolized, big names in politics over the last hundred years, Robert F. Kennedy, his son, is a vaccine nut job. And uh, is an anti-vaxxer and believes they're all a government conspiracy or something. Anyway, he's a kook. And he'd been putting all, all kinds of information about that in all kinds of social media. Well, Instagram, and has Facebook also now? But Instagram has booted Robert F. Kennedy Jr. off of their platform because he spreads stuff that is just crap. You know, it's the ongoing difficult conversation of who's going to decide what's crap and what's not, and I think you're going to you know, catch some whistleblowers in there with uh, some information that's correct uh, that you boot off of Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. But he's, 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 he's a nut. How did he end up a nut? I'm not exactly sure, but you won't be hearing any more of that from him. There are quite a few anti-vaxxers running around California trying to disrupt places where they're giving out the vaccine. Man, I'll fight you. You get between me and uh, my family getting the vaccine when it's our turn. Uh, what else do I want to hit? Uh, Facebook is yanking down. We, I think we mentioned this yesterday. Facebook is yanking down all fake claims on vaccines and COVID. So I'm sure that includes Robert F. Kennedy Jr. But, but, but on that one especially, any fake claim about vaccines or COVID, how do you know what's fake and what's not, Facebook? How, how do you have all the correct information? There's a whole bunch of stuff that we thought we knew at the beginning of this pandemic that turned out not to be right. So maybe yank, yank down something that's important knowledge. Maybe we ought to chew on and discuss for a while. And uh, just as I always like to point out, Instagram is owned by Facebook, so the, the, it's the same decision makers going for both of those. When we come back, 
Fox did a long look at the hacking of the water treatment plant there in Florida, which is a story that should get a lot of attention. In fact, I'll bring that up briefly with Mike Lyons when we're going to talk military strategy and threats around the world here in about 25 minutes. Um, but this this is a story that everybody should be wondering, who did this and are we sure there are water treatment plants and all kinds of other um, infrastructure are safe from hackers? But the details on this are quite disturbing. And because of impeachment, not getting enough attention. We've got that next. Armstrong and Getty. Hey, fool. This is Mr. T. And I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day from one sweetheart to another sweetheart. Love you. Love you, babe. I promise to get to this next hour. If you're a podcast listener, it'd be the second hour of Friday's Armstrong and Getty show. The type of love that makes people the happiest. Love is our general manager today with Valentine's Day on Sunday. It seems like it's destined for a meeting with HR. It really does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, the type of love that makes people happiest, according to psychologists. This is, I've been reading through it, and Sean highlighted it for me. Thankfully, um, it's really pretty interesting and sure sure sounds uh, true. I don't, I don't have an argument with any of their uh, conclusions there. Um, staying in love is more important than falling in love is uh, one of their takeaways, and I think that's obviously clearly true. So we talked about this earlier in the week. Somebody or some country hacked into a water treatment plant in Florida as a test run or to try to do damage or who knows what it was all about let's take a deeper look with the help of jennifer griffin of fox on this we want to talk about infrastructure president biden met with a bipartisan group of senators to talk about how to fix the nation's potholes and aging infrastructure but it's not clear how they plan to address the increasing cyber attacks on the nation's public networks especially its water supply on Capitol Hill, cyber experts debated who is responsible for the cyber attack on a small Florida town's water treatment facility. It's possible that this was an insider or a um, or a disgruntled employee. It is also possible that it was a uh, a foreign actor. Iran has shown itself uh, very interested in water systems in other countries like Israel. Uh, and even in the United States. The hack in Oldsmar, Florida, last Friday, took place just 12 miles from the Super Bowl stadium and occurred just two days before the big game. It was thwarted by an alert plant supervisor. The hacker was in and out within five minutes. We don't know right now whether the breach originated from within the United States or outside the country. A similar hack took place in Israel three times last year. In April, suspected Iranian hackers targeted Israel's water system by increasing chlorine levels in water flowing to residential areas. Israeli officials have offered to help with the Florida case. Quote, the Israel National Cyber Directorate has contacted its U.S. equivalents about the case as part of the standard and accepted information sharing in the cyber field. In 2013, Iranian hackers infiltrated the control system of a small dam less than 20 miles from New York City. Details of that intrusion remain classified. Experts have called the Florida hack ham-handed and the result of using remote access software connected to the Internet with no apparent firewall. 
all the employees of this water treatment facility access the program using the same password. There are 151,000 municipal water treatment facilities in the U.S., all of them potentially vulnerable to this kind of attack. How have we not caught not caught on to things? So we have so much security at uh, you know some businesses that there's there's nothing to hack, there's nothing to get. They're, 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 the, the, the Chinese or the Iranians or whoever they can they can hack into my email. You're not going to be able to do anything. Oh, they know when my meetings are going to be. But uh, <laughs> we change passwords, you know, three times a day and. Have a special handshake and everything like that. But our water treatment facility, eh, everybody can access it from, from home with the same password. And you don't change passwords and just, you know, not that big a deal. Come on now. We got to catch on to this. We got we, we got to come up with a better system. Is this um, an example of, of private companies being more motivated of, to protect their sort of things, right? The, the free market reacting to this uh, where government I'm, doesn't have those same incentives? You know, that's a pretty good point. That absolutely could be. Uh, the fact that Israel got hacked three times exactly the same way makes me think, no, it's not a disgruntled employee. Yeah. It's, it's some foreign actor, Russia, China, Iran, whoever, that is trying to see what they can do. I don't know if it's just a coincidence that it was two days before the Super Bowl, 12 miles from where the stadium is. I don't, I don't, ha- I don't have any idea if that had anything to do with it, but holy cow. Um, well, I got some other thoughts on this, but I'll save them for Mike Lyons, uh, military strategist who we love talking to. We're going to talk to him uh, right after the top of the hour about the threats around the world that Joe Biden is facing and, um, you know, what the biggest threats are. So I'm going to include that. And I will get to the type of love that makes people the happiest. I want to check in on impeachment real quick, just so you have an idea of what it is. I don't know how many people are actually watching it. I didn't watch near as much yesterday, but I took in some of the punditry later in the day. Um, and uh, just watching ABC on their coverage with George Stephanopoulos, a lot of their legal analysts and political analysts felt like yesterday might have been a bit of an overreach, a bit of a kitchen sink approach from the Democrats. Uh, great first day, second day, just a little too much playing the greatest hits of here's what we don't like about Trump. Clips going way back through the campaigns and things that Trump had said and everything like that. And they felt like that actually weakened their case. I thought that was interesting that that was the takeaway by ABC's panel. And particularly, Rahm Emanuel, who was Barack Obama's chief of staff, and he said, I'm not a lawyer, but I understand politics. And he does. Uh, he said, when this is over, Democrats need to let Trump go. He said the the public opinion on this whole thing could flip so quickly if it looks like Democrats just can't get let go of beating up on Donald Trump and can't move on to something else. So he said, as soon as this impeachment's over, they've got to just like move on to looking ahead and doing things. And it'll be interesting to see if, uh, I, I don't know if the media can, in fact, I'm pretty sure the media can, but if the actual Democratic Party can or not. And I thought that was a pretty smart advice from him. In terms of what is happening today, the Democrats have wrapped up their prosecution, if you will. Keeping in mind, this is not actually a courtroom or a court of law and doesn't really have that much to do with the law, even though they always talk to lawyers and they use legal sounding words for all of this stuff. It's not really what's at stake here. It's the politics of the day um, and what people feel like they can get away with or the, the emotions that they can inspire in people for voting one way or another. But anyway, the Democrats wrapped up their prosecution and the um, Republicans are going to start their defense today. They said they're not going to take all the time. There were some rumors that they might even be able to do it in three or four hours and wrap it up. They are planning to work on Saturday. 
there are each side gets two hours for closing arguments. So there's, jeez, I don't know who would watch that. So you're going to listen to the Democrats. Is this thing directed by Peter Jackson? Why is everything so long? So you hear the R's and the D's say one more time, which you heard them say <laughs> today and yesterday. I'm not exactly sure why. And then I would guess that they'll put off the vote like they did last impeachment, which was only a year ago. They'll put off the vote till Monday. They'll come back and the Senate will vote on Monday. I would guess um, that that's the way uh, they will do it. But it's up to Chuck Schumer um, how he wants to handle it, I suppose. But this thing could be over real dang soon. And I haven't heard a single person say there's even a tiny chance of a conviction, so then it will be over, over. Impeachment, twice impeached, twice acquitted, done. And I hope I never have to hear about it again, and I'm sure you do too. Um, so that's that. N- the arguments in uh, from the defense side are supposed to focus mostly on free speech and uh, saying the, uh, the, the Dems didn't prove their case. I don't know. They don't really need to say anything. They could walk up there and quack like ducks and uh, spin around three times. I still don't think there would be 17 votes from, Repub- from Republicans to convict them. That would lead to some interesting punditry if they uh, did the whole spin around and quack defense. Yeah, yeah. It would be fun to follow, <laughs> especially if it was that same dude. I can see him doing that. Um, but I'm going to talk to Mike Lyons coming up. I think this could be a really interesting conversation, obviously focusing on, focusing on China and what they've been up to lately and the, the phone call that Biden had with President Xi the other day, uh, which was uh, n- not a sign that things are going in a good direction, but that's not a surprise to anybody. And all the love stuff and a whole bunch of other things to get to on a Friday. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.